1: Our topic today is my story of walking with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's disease is a brain disease that can't be stopped, reversed or cured. It slowly destroys brain functions such as remembering, thinking and speaking, such as carrying out even simple tasks and even to the extent of destroying the ability of individuals to recognize members of their own families. Now, Alzheimer's disease is the most common cause of something called dementia. And dementia is the name used to describe loss of mental functions, such as thinking, memory, and reasoning, that's severe enough to interfere with a person's daily functioning, daily life. And it's also, dementia also refers to loss of mental, mental functions caused by various diseases or conditions, like diabetes that's poorly controlled, which damages the brain's blood vessels. All of which is why our topic, my story of walking with Alzheimer's, is so important for family caregivers and their family members. Our guest today is Mark Teligo. Mark was raised in Grand Me- sorry, Rapids, Michigan. He's of Polish descent, both grandparents having migrated from Poland in the early 1900s. His parents married in 1941. His mother worked to help put his father through medical school. His father died when Mark was 15. Mark graduated from Western Michigan University with a BBA degree. He's now CEO of Blue Diamond International Inc. and president of Marco Partners Limited PC, Grand Rapids, Michigan. His experience of family caregiving actually began after his father died. And from 2005, his experience expanded to include consultation with the various physicians treating his mother. She'd lived with insulin-dependent diabetes for 45 years and with what for nine years seemed to be Alzheimer's disease. She lived with Mark for 10 years and in hospice care for her last year. Following her death, he developed his story of his journey during the last year or so of his mother's life. And in December 2013, 14 months after her death, he published his website, www.eyesandnears.net. Now, our listeners can find this link on Voice America's description of today's episode, so I won't spell it out for you. Now, welcome to the show, Mark.
2: Welcome, Gordon, and thank you.
1: Great. Now, first question for you. Please tell us more about your life, your career, and your family caregiving for your mother. Mark?
2: Sure. Gordon, first of all, let me just say thank you and and to Voice of America for the opportunity to share my story uh, and my mother's journey. And uh, if you find a full plate of cabo- uh, po- Polish Kabasi and pierogies on your front door, it's, it's from my mother, and she sends her love as well. Thank you. You're welcome. So, I grew up in a normal childhood environment. Uh, I had one brother, and uh, as you noted, my father was a physician, and my mother was a loving mother. Her family uh, was the the love of her life, and for whom, in a second, she she would have given her life. So, I was about 13 when my mother was diagnosed with, with diabetes, as you noted, she's insulin diabetic. And uh, my father broke the news to me uh, one evening. I didn't understand the severity of it. But as I remember thinking back at that point in time, I, I, I actually wondered if my mother would ever see me through high school. Well, ironically, it was my father that died two years, two years later. And in essence, basically, I, my life changed. And, and I think that's when, when, uh, when caregiving started for me. Um, I attended high school, uh, finished high school, attended a local junior college, uh, feeling that you know, I needed to be around home a bit longer. Um, I went off to Western to finish my degree and then back to Grand Rapids uh, to start a business career, which led to a focus in business brokerage, um, focused on mergers and acquisitions. So for all practical purposes, my family caregiving started when my father died. And and yeah. and, and uh, it it uh, you know going to finishing high school and off to college and then back it it kind of picked up when I when I when I came back to Grand Rapids. Um, and so over the years, mom mom survived a journey of diabetes, colon cancer. Uh, she had osteoporosis, multiple back operations, triple bypass surgery, but nothing was as challenging as her journey with Alzheimer's disease.
1: Right now, I'm going to ask you to tell us more about some of your work after your mother died, such as your documentary and video films. Please tell us about those.
2: Mark? Sure, sure. Okay, Gordon. Uh, it was probably it was probably uh late 'o seven, as I began to see my mom becoming more confused and disoriented. Uh, she was now beginning to call me Taddy and Danny, who were. Two brothers uh, that had died some twenty-five to thirty-five years previous, and she was also now beginning to be treated uh, with an Alzheimer's drug, uh, which unfortunately turned her into a zombie, and it was discontinued. And, and uh, so, I began to share these experiences with my brother and sister-in-law, but with, with with distance between us, I didn't have a whole lot of success. So I started the doc. I started to prepare the documents. I started taking pictures and. And that's what led to the video. And uh, as mom's confusion gradually became more apparent, and and with no experience or training that I had in caring for someone with Alzheimer's, my natural response when she would call me, Teddy or Danny, was to correct her, was to say, Mom, I'm Mark. I'm, I'm not your brother. Your brother died 25 years ago. He's dead. Well, trying to correct her served no purpose, uh, and in fact, added to her already confused state. So it was, one, it was late one afternoon. She was in the kitchen over the stubs, uh turned to me and asked, and with great clarity, I might add, did you know my son Mark? You know, I, I could only assume at this moment that she thought I was her brother Teddy. And so it was at this time, now, and with a lump in my throat, I answered her, yes, I knew him quite well. And I was starting to slowly learn that in order to to have peace, I had to play multiple roles. So it was this question to which the documentary was titled? And if you fast forward to two thousand eleven, <clears throat> excuse me, I started to piece together the pictures, the narration, the sound using PowerPoint. And then to a more sophisticated program to turn it into an MP4 format. So, all was trial and error. But my drive was powered by watching the agony of her emotional and physical decline, her f- confusion, and the trial and error of medications, and her desperately trying to hold on to her dignity. So, right. I not only wanted to uh, illustrate the sights and the sounds of the journey, but to start from the beginning, from her childhood, through her life, and to show the last many months and weeks of joy and and of the reality in battling the disease, the ugliness of the disease.
1: Right. Now, I want you to tell us more about your website. Um, What you... Try out what
2: you wanting to do with that website? Uh, Gordon, yeah Gordon, it, it was really the website was a natural extension. Uh, it, it wasn't anything that was planned but after I completed the, the couple of videos, um, yeah, I thought, well let's take it another level uh, and incorporate some of the things in there in greater detail that I couldn't share or didn't share in the videos. and and to also incorporate some links that would be helpful to caregivers that I thought would be helpful to them. So it became a a time-consuming and emotionally difficult exercise, but in the same sense provided for a cleansing and healing process for me. Um, I also wanted to incorporate grief uh, in in the website as I experienced it, in the grieving process. And so there's a page in there entitled The Son's Grief. Because as, as I look back at it grief was creeping in and unbeknownst to me at the time you know when, when you go through a caregiving process in, in a very real sense you become a robot and with little time to attend to your own well-being and so through the website i wanted to talk more about isolated being isolated and the, the desperate feelings of isolation of being and feeling alone and forgotten so i wanted to share the time in the, in the late fall and when I, when I experienced a uh, phone call, I was downstairs for 20 minutes, and 20 minutes, it was late fall. It was, it was uh, dark out. Um, I went downstairs to try and take care of, of some business. 20 minutes later, I get a phone call, and uh, I answer, and the fellow says, My name is Jim. Is this Mark? And I said, Yes. And he said, Mark, I think I have your mother in my car. And, and of course, my eyes got about as big as saucers. I'm thinking, what? I just I was just upstairs. I, I couldn't have been down, and it was truly 20 minutes. And I said, "Where are you?" And he said, "I'm down at the end of the road here." So I got in the car, went down, and sure enough, this this fellow had hit my mother in his car. And to this day, I don't know how she walked down in the dark, some 400 feet down a steep driveway. Uh, fortunately, neighbors' lights were on. She knocked on the door. Kids answered. The parents were gone. They were instructed to call this fellow, and he was the one that picked her up. What's interesting about this, too, as well, is mom could remember various things. She was good at numbers, but sometimes would turn them back and forth. And and In essence, that's what happened. Uh, She gave him the number, my cell phone number. She had transposed it. He had a father-in-law with Alzheimer's. He corrected it. That's how he got a hold of me. It was a pretty amazing story.
1: And it's a story too, Mark, isn't it, that um, going to tell other people who are in the same situation that you were in that, in effect, they're not alone. That is to say they're experiencing something which goes with this condition, Alzheimer's, and that the surprises, the alerts, the alarms that it creates for people are sure. part of the story, which you are telling now, and which you've told so well in your website. So on that point, I'm going to take the break. This is where I always say we have to pay the rent.
3: Sure.
1: I want to assure everybody we're coming back because this is the most important story. So this is Dr. Gordon-Atherley. Um, my guest is Mark Tellego. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back.
4: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: What can you find on Get Real Radio? Well, quite honestly, who you really are. Get Real Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This could end up being the best time of your week. How do you achieve the utmost success in your life, career, faith, relationships, and more? It's all here in The Business of Living with host Scott Ventrella. Scott has experience as an executive coach, sought-after speaker, and lecturer. He and his guests will offer practical solutions and strategies to help you move to the next level of success no matter where you are in your life and career. The Business of Living airs live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
1: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. I'm Mark Teligo. Our topic is my story of walking with Alzheimer's. Mark, now, your website highlights quality of life. So let's talk about quality of life and the challenges to quality of life experienced by family caregivers and their family members living with Alzheimer's disease. So your first first question is, what, what do you mean? What, please explain quality of life for family caregivers in the situation that you are in. Mark?
2: Sure, Gordon. I, you know, I, I would have to say that quality of life depends on how someone defines quality of life. Um, by the standards of being of one being in good health and spirit, the quality of life as a caregiver, for me anyway, as time went along, was was low to often non-existent. <laughs> Namely, you're worn out. You're so drained emotionally, physically, and you're sleep-deprived. And so on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, and depending on how long you were a caregiver or a primary caregiver, um, the early stages, you could be an eight or a nine. As time goes on, it keeps dropping. And toward the end of my mother's life, I was—I would have to say I was likely uh, about a one on a scale of one to ten. And that was only because I was breathing in, in, so many, in, in the strictest sense of the world almost. I was literally 24-7 and with no time to exercise, share constructive uh, conversations, laugh, take a walk, meet a friend. Uh, without having to hire someone or bring someone in to watch mom. So you're involved with everything from preparing meals, cleansing, cleaning, washing clothes, uh, grocery shopping, ranging for medical people, doctor's visits, bathing assistance, dressing, managing the medications, changing beds, changing underwear. There wasn't a lot of time to catch your breath. And, of course, trying to bob and weave around the questions as to where is Teddy? Where is Danny? Where is Mom? Where is Mark? Where is Mark Jr.? Till where is my home and who brought me here? How did I get here? Trying to handle an answer on a continual basis, the barrage of questions nonstop, is draining. And sometimes she would get mad, claiming someone stole their purse. And there was no peace until I found it. I I swear she she would have won the highest award for hiding Easter eggs. I I knew of the favorite spots, the hiding spots, but as time went along, and believe it or not, she got sharper with hiding, with her hiding places. There was a new one. And I was now wishing I had a dog with a good nose. But I used to get up very early in the morning to do my business, to try and get some business in. But in advance of any meeting I had, I obviously had to secure a caregiver which fortunately for me, I, I had a mother-daughter team that I could reasonably count on, and, and that was a godson. Still, it was a continual juggling act, and, and as mom continued to emotionally, mentally, and physically decline, uh, there was little time for anything else but, but to run back and forth to the store. And in the li- later stages, now buying baby food, blended foods, applesauce, yogurt, crushing pills into blended foods, spoon-feeding. Right.
1: Now I'm just going to ask you the same question on which is about the quality of your of life for your mother beginning at the beginning as this as the Alzheimer's developed what happened to her quality of life Mark well Gordon
2: early on when I first moved her uh into my house in 2000 this is 2003 um her quality of life was I would say good i mean she was becoming confused she was becoming disoriented in fact one of the reasons i moved her in was because i got it was tiring to run back and forth to her townhouse and she had already had a couple of uh, totaled a couple of cars um, she was lost in the mall and you could see things were happening so i moved her in but her quality of life in those early years was very good um, it was probably, but things were happening slowly. Uh, she was becoming, uh, as they say, disoriented, confused. Uh, as that progressed into 2006, 2007, 2008, it just accelerated. And, and, and now she was wandering around the house, you know, looking at pictures, looking through her clothes, packing her suitcase. And on now on a more regular basis, confusing me with her deceased brothers, her mother, her father. She, she was becoming more rapidly paranoid, more lost, eating less, and of course, now her weight was slowly uh, declining, and she needed attention as in the last three or four years, two years, with, with basically every aspect of daily daily living daily survival and i couldn 't uh, and it was a time where you really couldn 't leave the room for any lengthy period of time before she 'd be calling out for you. Uh, She was now incontinent and physically unable to get back and forth to the bathroom. And although she would try, and I know she was desperately trying to hold on to her dignity, it it was a rough road for her. In addition to everything else that was going on physically, she was suffering from macular degeneration. So everything now from a visual standpoint was getting fuzzy and no doubt adding to her confusion. Then there was a continual shuffle between anti-anxiety and antipsychotic psychotic drugs, uh, trying to attain the best combination, which, which was all a trial and error, and many of them resulted in a heightened level of anxiety and fear, which just exasperated the situation. Uh, she was becoming more paranoid about people stealing things, her purse, her cane, her belongings, and she was becoming more unsettled, more anxious, more fearful. All of which demanded more attention to assure her safety and peace of mind, as best you could. And as evening approached, it was almost, uh, you didn't want the day to end uh, for a number of reasons, but I mean for uh, for the reasons of the sunlight, because as the day closed in and the light dissipated, she would get more anxious. Um, you know, and I did a lot of reading on sundowners, and I'm sure she had sundowners or was experiencing it. From a physical standpoint, within the last six months of her life, her body in all fronts was beginning to close down. The, the most unrelenting of which were the swollen legs and arms and unrelenting bed, bed sores. I liken them to hungry mosquitoes. And all, all was becoming more persistent. Although she was on medications and morphine, and I, I believe she was well managed. It was a it was a real struggle. Obviously, her quality of life was low, but she could still say thank you after her morning coffee. She could still manage a kiss and a softly spoken word, and a hug. That was a pretty amazing thing, and and often took me to my knees.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, Mark. I want to ask you, in, in a way, to go over some, again, in a different way, some of the things you've just been talking about. It's based on your own experience. What do you think are the challenges to the quality of life? That is to say, you've mentioned the circumstances and you've described them very clearly. But what are the things that you encountered that really were what you would describe as the challenges, the really challenging challenges to the quality of your life, and then the same question, same time, uh, the the real challenges to your mother's quality of life that she experienced, so far as you can judge. Challenges to quality of life. Well, uh,
2: uh, Gordon, uh, the challenges were many. Uh, They were... Trying to keep your arms around the situation, whether it was medications, whether it was doctors' visits, whether it was uh, you know her eating, um, th- there there many 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 challenges in in to, to maintain a positive attitude was 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 a challenge in and of itself for me. It was the isolation, not being able to talk with someone that truly understood what I was going through. And albeit I had a lot of close friends to, 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 to call, you, you can't call them every day. So I'd let time pass silently hoping that so-and-so would, would call. And when the calls didn't come in, and I'm talking weeks or months sometimes, begin to understand to manage your own expectations. And you have to pull your bootstraps up to another level um, because I was in this pretty much by myself, and the days are getting longer. So, as you're watching your 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 loved one decline from all aspects and on all fronts, and with a sporadic and with sporadic uh, outside contact, you, you truly feel trapped and depressed. So, I'd look I'd look to sleeping. I'd, I'd look to, to, to lay my put my head down to bury my thoughts to escape from the reality of the environment I was living in. So, it was becoming more and more difficult to keep my spirits up. And I was also grieving in anticipation of my mother's death, feeling her pain and confusion. And when combined with, with isolation, it's a depressing atmosphere and with great sadness and beyond what i would ever experienced in my life. So I saw very little light at the end of the tunnel and seldom a, a slight flicker. Um, there was hardly a day that went by that you were really free from the feeling of being isolated or in grieving. And so making the documentary was, was now a mission, and, and in doing so, it helped me work through my own feelings, and in some sense, the accomplishment of something aside from caregiving. And I began to take more opportunities to take mom out to the store, to the mall, uh, would put her in the wheelchair, we'd go for uh, a her for bike path, uh, bike path rides, you know, not only to change the venue, but to see people, and it was good for me as well for her. And it was a period of revitalization and a, a renewed spirit. Even if it was for an hour, it helped recharge the batteries for both of us. So the challenges of someone living with Alzheimer's are much the same in, in terms of isolation and depression, excluding the physical decline. And in my experience, my mother knew. My mother knew she, there was something wrong. She knew she was losing it, losing her grip on life physically and mentally and her memory. And so the more outside stimulus, the better. But there again, that's easier said than done. And although she would welcome company, on the flip side, she, would, she could un- uncharacteristically in times turn mean and angry. And you weren't sure what caused it, what caused her to suddenly turn. So there was always a challenge. Uh, not being able to climb into her mind and understand it was trial and error, but being observant, watching... And listening, and reacting to what worked.
1: Right. Now, what you said that um, in this description of these challenges and the quality of life was there were times when, a lot of times when you had nobody to talk to. Correct. What you're doing now is sharing with our listeners your experience of having nobody to talk to, and expressing it as a major challenge and that's helpful to people to know once more that they're not alone in going through the experience that you've just described and that yeah. as you did they have to find workarounds so that's a right. very important message now we've come to the time where we have to take the break so we'll do that now this is dr gordon and my guest is mark Teligo. you're listening to family caregivers unite on the voice america variety channel cjmp 90.1 fm community radio and sharingtheburden.ca please stay with us we will be back
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you are a dreamer aspiring to realize your dreams, join host Michael Friedlander for dreamers, winners, and making a difference. For Michael, to be a winner doesn't mean you must have finished first or must have great wealth, fame, and lots of toys. Instead, it means you must have realized your dreams without cheating or acting unethically. It means you must have made a difference for the better in the lives of those you've touched. Tune in to Dreamers, Winners, and Making a Difference. Live every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working For You with Arvind Vora, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go, on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite
1: and Mark go Our topic is my story of walking with Alzheimer's. Mark, let's talk about overcoming the challenges to quality of life that you've been talking about, that are experienced by family caregivers and their family members, both of whom, in that sense, are living with Alzheimer's disease. So, now, first question then is, highlight how the challenges to the quality of life of family caregivers can be overcome by the family caregivers themselves. Mark? Mark?
2: Yes Gordon, the, 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 these challenges are very difficult, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and, and you, you don't know if anything can be overcome rather than to work with it, um, to find ways to, to get around things. Uh, the challenges are ever, ever, ever present, and, and they could vary on a daily basis to an hourly basis. As as example, Mom was fine last night. Everything was fine. This morning, she's agitated and is acting out suddenly, more confused. You're scratching your head, and, and you're not trained. Um, so you check her temperature. You check her underwear. I was still learning to pay attention, to observe. And on one occasion, when I her, checked her temperature, I discovered she was running a fever. And so it's, hmm. And as it turned out, she had a urinary tract infection brewing. Which caused her to become more agitated, and heightened her confusion, and with a heightened level of anxiety. So, who, 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 who would have guessed? No, nobody told me that. Um, you make a call into to hospice, but whether it was me, I didn't have a I didn't have a list that to check, cross-check, to check off, to say, and, and to eliminate p- potential causes. So did catching catching this improve her quality of life? Yes. So it's called observation, observation, observation to the sights and sounds, making a checklist to do, a to-do list, and it's a process of elimination to narrow down the list of causes. And maybe, maybe it's... That your loved one is craving for attention. It could be that. It simply needs to be comforted, uh, to be told that you love them. And, and to do something that's fun for her, for you, that, is, that will bring joy, that that joy will spill over. Maybe it's calling family members and asking them to come over to spend some time. I mean, if you have to, beg them to come over. If you have family members within proximity, set up a schedule for them to relieve you, to participate. And frankly speaking, if they don't and it's difficult to to get cooperation, you need to save yourself some energy and just write them off and make every effort to find someone who will participate, who can lend a hand and a heart, and to take time to spend quality time to give them what they need the most, which is a kiss and a hug and a gentle word, the magic words, I love you. I mean, this this will help so much to overcome the challenges. It will enhance both your quality and, and your loved ones' quality.
1: Right now, I'm going to change the word challenge to work around, as you know, people in the information technology industry talk about. That is, there's a problem. Let's find a way around it. Okay. Now, you've identified various situations where your mum was happy in her own way, was able to say thank you to you, mm-hmm. was able to recognize, perhaps not you for exactly who you were, but for what you were doing for her. Right. What are the kind of workarounds that you would recommend to other family caregivers with family members in the kind of condition that we've just been talking about?
2: Mark? Well, it's... it's it's paying attention to, to see what works. Uh, one of my one of my uh, one of my tricks, if you if if you will, if you want to call it that, was when Mom would get agitated, and confused, and and, and be rambunctious. I mean, I'd often say, "Mom, let's let's go to the store." I mean, when you said, "Let's go to the store," her eyes lit up. Her whole disposition changed because, you know, she she loved to cook. She loved to look at. Food, buy food. She would make you a ton of food if she could. Then, but that was a that was something I did on a regular basis in uh, Gordon. It was it was magnificent how it worked. So it would break the theme. I would break the environment. I it would it, it, it change the venue, in it and it worked very well. Is is other things. It, it may be just taking her into another room. It may be calling a, a caregiver. I had a mother daughter team, and you know, I, I, I would call them often just to come in and, and, and break the ice, break the atmosphere. Uh, it gave her somebody else to talk to. Uh, Dottie, in particular, who was in her early seventies, would tell stories, and Mom would listen. And it put her in a different state of mind. It put her in a peaceful state of mind, in a relaxed state of mind. Um, you know, in, in in other things, when when you're talking to your loved one, look into their eyes when you talk. You know, p- the picture's worth a thousand a thousand words. Look at their facial expressions, because it is these that very special moments that they're speaking, they're coaching you. You just have to be observant and, and, and be patient and watch. And listen. You know, we don't learn anything by talking. And, and so the challenge is to coming together and working around a situation is to, again, listen, paying a c- careful attention uh, to the possible causes of, of the agitation or fears, facial expressions, looking into their eyes, being patient and allow them to express. And remember, again, that silence is a form of expression and a very powerful form of expression become sincerely and lovingly engaged and come into their world. You know, instead of thinking about this person's quality of life is not as good and what's their quality of life, rather understand the quality of life they have and engage also with people that have traveled your path. Make special efforts to connect with people that have traveled in your shoes. Um, You'll, you'll, you'll get much reward out of that as well as they will because when you establish the true connection and love you know they know it with your, with your loved one and from my experience I know they
1: know now that point about you know they know represents a moment would it be fair to say of happiness for you
2: oh absolutely yeah
1: absolutely so what you're saying is that there are moments of happiness they may be very short but they're very real and that as you have done you it's necessary to understand the workarounds the challenges or the way in which the challenges can be dealt with so that those moments of happiness are maximized. Oh, Am I yeah. right about
2: that? Oh you're absolutely right Anna. You know I'll give you uh, I'll give you an example you know a lot of people say well they don't uh, the Alzheimer's person they they don't know what's going on or they don't hear you or they're non-responsive, and you know it's kind of like a write-off well you know what's the person's quality of life well let me tell you I, I did just refer to one quick story for four four, uh, four days before my mother died and in the last four or five months um, I took her off Heldol, which is an antipsychotic drug. I weaned it right down. And, um, prior to doing that, she was a complete zombie. I mean, it was just zombie town. As I weaned her off that, she came back to life like like a flower from the sprouting out of the out of the dirt. And for three months, two and a half months, she had a wonderful quality of life that she wouldn't have had. So. You know, it's paying attention. It's so much has to do with paying attention. But they're there and they hear. And one other quick story: four days before mom passed, and now she's on. You got to remember, now she's on, you know, heavier doses, and she's on liquid morphine and and so forth. She called me. I was standing in the kitchen. And she was in the in the hospital bed there, and clear as a bell, she says, "Mark, Mark, okay, Mark, mm-hmm. not Teddy, not Danny." Mm-hmm. Mark, can you come here a minute? I mean, it's like, really? This is on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So I walked over to bedside and uh, she looked at me, I mean, as clear as a bell. And is spoken clearly as a, bell, as, 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 as a razor. And she looked at me and she says, Mark, I just wanted to tell you I love you and mm. thank you for taking care of me.
1: And that was the ultimate moment of happiness,
2: wasn't uh, it? Well, it, 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 it you know, it, what it did was it re, re, reaffirmed in my own thinking that they're, they're there, they're inside, it's bottled up. It's, it's there, though. If you take the time and the patience and, and exercise the love and use words, I love you, uh the hugs the kisses the nurturing just as you would do a baby i never had any any babies but what happens with babies they get nurtured their their cries are answered their hands are held same thing with the elderly person who's suffering from this type of disease so yes it, they're there it's all there <laughs> don't don't kid yourself it's all there it's just all bottled up you have to find ways To get it out you have to find ways for them to express it
1: and that's the, the notion of challenges being overcome workarounds being used and recognition occurring in such a way that there is that magical communication of happiness of powerful moments that leave even though she a few days later was gone from your life she's left you a message that says thank you she appreciated oh. and understood what you did for her that's right isn't it
2: oh no you're spot on gordon and uh you know it was that day yeah. after that day actually um once thursday she died on saturday afternoon uh, it, it, it was non uh from that day forward it's like that was her last piece, and she wanted to express that to me.
1: Right, right, exactly. Now, we've come to the time where we're going to take the break again, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atterley, and my guest is Mark telly You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back.
4: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing
3: really fast.
4: All the time, the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion
3: counts. Voiceamerica.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Families today
4: face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now, we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from the Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to DocG at org. Now, back to... Family Caregivers
1: Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Mark Telligo. Our topic is My Story of Walking with Alzheimer's. Mark, let's talk about what more more you would like to do and see done to promote quality of life for family caregivers and their family members living with Alzheimer's disease in the way that you've described quality of life. So what more would you like to do to promote quality of life? Mark?
2: You know, Gordon, I'd, I'd like to see more attention, obviously, given to the disease. And I'd like to... I mean, it's like, it's like the Wizard of Oz. It's The wizard is behind the curtain. You can't see the wizard. I'd like to have... I'd like to see this more exposed, more attention as to the devastation it has for both the person afflicted, and for the family members, for the primary caregivers that are struggling and suffering themselves uh, with all the complications and complicating factors that are a part of the disease. I'd like to see the entertainment community via big screen movie or made for TV bring to light the personal, social, and economic devastation of this disease. And as you recall, there's some 50 million unpaid caregivers caring for those suffering with dementia, Alzheimer's disease, net cost to $200 billion plus thereabouts. And today, there are some 70 million baby boomers, as you well know, a little excess of that perhaps, the United States alone. So it's like a big tsunami out there coming our way. And it's already, the earthquake's already hit and the, the tsunami is forming. It just hasn't hit short line yet. And so I know there are a lot of organizations that are doing a lot of wonderful things, as well as yours here in your program. But more has to be done. More has to be done and, 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 and to address the, the destruction that this disease has. It has tentacles that reach beyond the, the person afflicted. Um, you know, And so in my experience in caring for, for a mother that suffered, it was multifaceted. Because when someone doesn't recognize you, and when I mean multifaceted, it creates a, a a real gut-wrenching feeling for the caregiver and the family. Because if somebody doesn't recognize you, that it has their whole life, and you see them slowly whittle away, um, it's a real struggle. It's a real emotional struggle. And a lot of pain.
1: <laughs> a lot of pain. Yeah. A lot of pain. Now, you, you mentioned the… Um, entertainment industry and what they might do talk right. about other sectors of society that you would like to see more to recognize the challenges to quality of life and what you'd like to see them do Mark?
2: well there, there's, there's you know Gordon there's, there's uh, there are a lot of support I'd like to see more support for the care- caregivers regardless of the illness uh, primary family care- uh, caregivers are on an island um, at least that's what my experience was. So there has to be better training and education for those that are involved in providing care, as with the uh, healthcare agencies, the hospitals, the professionals, and those that are in the professional community. Um, you know, one organization that I noted uh, that I joined recent—I should say—was spearheaded by a doctor, Atel Lord, who is founder and president of International Caregivers Association, or ICA. Uh, she gives away a ton of information and for support of the caregiver and is involved with training caregivers. Uh, she's passionately involved. She's, she's managing her husband who has Alzheimer's and she's a profound lady with a, with a great vision. Another organization is Bob DiMarco's Alzheimer's Reading Room, which has incredible wealth of information for caregivers. It's an absolutely wonderful site and he does a superior job in reaching out to caregivers, educating caregivers. Allowing caregivers to know they are not alone. And I I also would like to see our government, (coughs) make our veterans and and, and their spouses aware of the the availability of aid and attendance benefit. My, My father was a veteran, and unbeknownst to me, my mother was eligible for aid and attendance. I didn't discover it. Nobody told me until I met a social worker that asked the question, was your father a veteran? You know, I, I don't want to make anything derogatory here, but it, it, my mother used to get a veteran pledge for donations and so forth. Not once did she ever get a letter that said, you know, did you know your, your husband being a veteran, you're eligible for aid and attendance? Right. So, so I know the stats, you know, there's – so these things can be done. And, you know, I understand, uh, Now, all of these okay. things can be done.
1: Yeah, right. Now, my very last question for you is this. What's your message for family caregivers who've just recognized or just been told that their loved one is likely living with Alzheimer's disease? What do you say to them?
2: Mark? Sure, Gordon. Yeah, number one, understand that your life will be different and you'll need all the support you can muster. Whatever your family consists, consists of, please gather them all together to talk about your roles. Who's going to do what, when, where, how? Um, Have weekly meetings into order, if there's a distance as a factor, set up a time to discuss and to share and to cry. And you must agree of these get-togethers and promised phone calls are honored. If not, your ship will sail and land onto an ever-forbidding island of isolation and despair, anger and depression. Reach out to friends within your community to gather help, to ask questions about connecting with those that will help. Ideally, those that have experienced a journey in walking with Alzheimer's. Find out what financial resources are available. Find out what community programs are available. Local support groups, as there are many, and you will never have enough available resources. Don't stop doing the things you did. Call. Call who you called before. Um, Refresh yourself. Take time to say the three magical words. I love you. You can't say it enough. And be patient with the afflicted. For the patient with Alzheimer's is love and virtue. Understand that they cannot control themselves. And so much is bottled up. They are often unable to express themselves. A couple of other points. Understand that they can hear you. That your frustration will lead to their frustration. Your expressions of love to their expressions of love and appreciation. And also, seek, seek counseling, seek grief counseling while you're walking through this journey with Alzheimer's. All right.
1: Now, I'm just going to summarize back to you because uh, I want to say thank you. And I want to say thank you for describing so well and so well in the emotional sense of what's involved. Your advice that you've just given or your message that you've just given to family caregivers who are starting out on the road that you've traveled is powerful, it's effective and it's meaningful. You've mentioned other people. I won't repeat their names, but you've mentioned other people who are working in the same way as you are. That is to say, you, the family caregivers, are already united in a community where you're reaching out to each other You're reaching out to people who are just starting out on that road and slowly but surely you're getting your message through to what I'll call the powers that be so that first there is more attention given to the disease itself. Second, there's more support for family caregivers in the way of external support, the way of uh, information and those kinds of things. So thank you for that. And I'm just going to say something that sounds a little bit crude, but please keep up the good work because it's vital for all of us. Now I want to, I, I'm going to have to carry on because we're, we have a tyranny okay. of time, but I'll give you a moment in the end. Okay. Thank you to our listeners. And with Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics such as the one we've just been listening to, please email me to get involved. And our next episode will be Success in Advocacy by FAS, FASD Family Caregivers. So please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet, and I will talk to you then. Now, Mark, have you got a last-minute quick comment you'd like have to
2: you make? Got, do you have 40 seconds?
1: A little less. Carry on.
2: Let me, see. Let me read this poem. It's an old-timers film. I don't know who wrote it, but it's very meaningful, and I wished I had it. You, and, and it goes like this. Do not ask me to remember. Don't try to make me understand. Let me rest and know you're with me. Kiss my cheek and hold my hand. I'm confused beyond your concept. I'm sad and sick and lost. All I know is that I need to, you to be with me at all costs. Do not lose your patience with me. Do not scold or curse or cry. I can't help the way I'm acting. Can't be different, though I try. Just remember that I need you, and the best of me is gone. Please don't fail to stand beside me. Love me till my life is gone. Amen.
1: I think that's wonderful. Mark, thank thank you very much. Thank you, Gordon. Best of luck. Thank you.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley.